Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. This is your temporary MC Darlene. Now, if you're new to the podcast series, I just did want to be clear and let you know that Kate Anthony is the host, creator, and founder of the podcast. I'm her podcast editor, and over the last few weeks, I've been stepping in. So today, the episode is brand new and includes a conversation between Kate and her guest, Tracy Poisoner. More about that in one moment. But first, if you're missing your weekly dose of Kate or looking for a community of women considering whether they should stay or go in their marriage, there are a few ways you can get further support and connect with Kate and other like-minded women. First, you can follow and connect with Kate over on Instagram and you can find her at the Divorce Survival Guide. Or you can join Kate's free Facebook community. You can find that by just going to facebook.com and searching for the group, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And we'll be sure to include both links in this episode's show notes, which you can conveniently find on Kate's website at kateanthony.com. All right, now that all of the housekeeping items are set, let's jump into this week's episode. This week, Kate is joined by guest Tracy Poisner, and they are talking all about being a stepmom. Tracy is the founder of the Essential Stepmom podcast, and in this episode, Kate and Tracy cover a lot of ground, including becoming a stepmom, some ways in which you can prepare yourself for if or when your ex-husband introduces a stepmother into your child's life, and they discuss step parenting from the perspective of your children and how you can create a safe environment for them to feel comfortable and loved within their newly formed blended family. So without further ado, here is the conversation between Kate Anthony and Tracy Poisner. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about all things step parenting, step, I mean, planting, (laughs) stepping, stepping in it, overstepping, (laughs) overstepping, stepping, right, exactly, right, where to Thank you, It's, it's great to be here, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to your audience. Yeah, so, okay. We talked about that there are kind of three avenues that we really want to talk about and cover in this conversation. One is how to be a stepmom, sort of being the outsider stepping into established yet separated family. Yeah. And then there's how how to prepare for the fact that your ex-husband is maybe introducing a stepmother and a new woman and how to sort of how to deal with that whole thing. And then also from the perspective of the children and making sure that 
the the bond is there's no choosing there's loyalty like yeah. pulling yeah. pulling and loyalty so yeah. i mean it's such a an important and robust conversation so let's just start with being a being a stepmom right yeah. let's start with like what is that you're you are a stepmom i you're, am i'm a biological mom too but i've been a stepmom for uh, 14ish years now and boy it just keeps changing it doesn't doesn't ever get absolutely straightforward but it did settle in the way the experts say that it does in 7 to 10 years at that is a really long time wow it takes 7 to 10 years to settle into to really like gel and wow. to yeah it's long and it's not it doesn't mean that it's like absolutely fraught the entire way but i can tell you that what happened to me is that we spent many years dealing with issues like long distance parenting because my husband's kids lived really far away i never thought i would have really any role in their life because they lived 3 hours away i mean we saw them a couple of weekends a year actually uh, wow so it was a big surprise when they all eventually one at a time came to live here with us full time we have been the same, the, the serial parents of an only child four times in a row oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow But yes, that was a, you know, that was a total surprise. Didn't see that coming. Right. Certainly when we got together. And that's interesting, right? Because I think that that's important that when you're coming into something like this this, you know, relationship, you don't count on it being what it is. That's right. right. So if you are and I've heard the story over and over again, right? I hear people say like, "Well, his he wasn't really he didn't have the kids when we got married, and all of a sudden they're all in my house." That's right. Right? You have to actually plan for that to be an eventuality that I don't know if you can even plan for it I don't know if anybody could plan for it but you have to know in the back of your mind that if you have you have to know that it it could happen on the right. off chance and yeah people get divorced and very often you've fallen for a guy it's possibly even a woman because obviously there are lots of two mom households in my stepmom community mm -hmm. but you know the ex the mom who's yep. not in the picture is very often a really a troubled person emotionally or behaviorally or whatever it might be sometimes she takes up with another guy and they decide to move out of state and bang you're left with the kids or there are situations in my group where oh bio mom has ended up in jail and uh -huh. bang you have the kids oh no we have that too yeah we have yeah mm -hmm. things that you can't uh, predict or really prepare for bio mom gets really sick and bang yep. you have the kids. Yep. Yes, it's a it's a possibility and it certainly happened not for those reasons but for reasons of kids maturing and wanting to spend more time with dad and whatever but you know we had long periods of parental alienation, we had court issues, we had all that really difficult dramatic stuff. Yeah. For so many years and finally when the youngest had finally moved here after i don't know if it was a uh, 6 months or a year or something i woke up one day and i just sort of said i think this is the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> like i think we got i think that was the rapids and we're kind of done with that like yeah. and it's not that then you have life stuff then you have yeah. children maturing into young adults and going to university and all the you know relationships breaking up i, I mean there's life that happens but the heavy lifting part of you know of step parenting i think was was done and i i felt that i had learned so much 
and I had grown so much and I wanted to be able to share what, what was helpful mm-hmm. in our family. And I wanted to, I wanted to almost codify what was helpful. Like, what, did it only work for us or do right. does, like, does this work all around? And I, I did that by connecting with hundreds of, of stepmoms to find out whether, whether I was onto something like, is this a, is this a thing that works for everybody most of the time at least, or, you know, was this just something that was a, a one-off in our household? But you, you just mentioned preparing to be a stepmom or preparing to bring another woman into mm. the extended family of your kids. And yeah. there's a one little piece of advice that I think hits both of those things that, as you said, you're stepping into an established family in a way. And in the same way that you don't really want another woman stepping into your family, mm-hmm. as a stepmom, you don't get to step into someone else's family or you don't have to feel a kind of pressure to step into somebody else's family. What you're doing with a new partner is making a new family. Right. And you're inviting those children into energetically into Mm -hmm. your new family. And the reason that works better than stepping into an established family is that there's no room for two moms in an established family, Mm. unless you happen to be a two mom household who love each other. It's a different story, right? But we're not wired as human beings to have two mothers. Like right. we, we have no evolutionary inner emotional wiring for that, mm-hmm. but we do have a way to understand having two families because that's what happens when you get married, you become a part of another family. Mm-hmm. So we have thousands of years of evolutionary experience with becoming part of another family without losing your first family. And that feels natural to us. Okay. So even though kids are not, you know, they're not getting married and they're not old and it doesn't matter. You have a, an inner sense of the fact that your mom has a family and your dad has a family and both of those are, they are part somehow of each other's families. And that feels natural. Yeah. How do you, I mean, I think it's interesting. Just, I want to, I actually want to back up to your own mm-hmm. experience of, what, it, what was your role when you were dealing with alienation and all those difficult issues, right, yeah. w- within your family structure? As the stepmother, what was your role in that, right? Because I can imagine there is supporting your husband, yeah. there is supporting the children. But as you have, you have said, and what, you know, you told me in other conversations is that, you know, you don't, this is not, you're not mom, Right. right. And it's not your job to be a parent, right? right? And so, but if you are kind of the only, quote, you know, sane or stable parent, mother figure, like, where does that leave your, what what is your role in that? I think everybody has to feel into it in, in the way that works for their family. But for some women, they can kind of feel into the role of auntie or aunt you know, however uh-huh. you pronounce that, you know, <laughs> like to be a, to be like a, a beloved family member, but who is not a parent for families where there's more of a, let's say, easy, affectionate relationship. If you, if it's easy for you and the children to reciprocate affection, mm-hmm. then it might, it might, the, the, you know, the aunt role 
yeah. might feel right that you're a trusted person, you're part of the family in some way, but and yet you are not you don't have like the karmic responsibility for how this child turns out in life. You're not right. overriding parenting decisions. Yeah. Because you're smarter or better or you're not yes. you're not gonna take yeah. your sister aside and say, I'm not gonna allow you to whatever. It doesn't happen, right? Like you your right. aunt could advocate for you. Your aunt might say, you know, your mom is like this or your dad is like that, but there's an understanding that you that there's a love bond between you and, you know, at least the the dad, let's say, in the case yeah. of the stepmom. Yeah. And that you're not gonna be somehow overriding the parenting uh -huh. you're supplying something extra if in a case where you don't have that kind of affection which is in my case i mean we're like we're 14 years in so let's say yeah. we're more comfortable with each other but i was somebody who they knew and liked but they didn't spend that much time with me and so we weren't a kind of huggy affectionate in that way like physically close right. to each other Right. And I was always kind of an advisor or a mentor, kind of Yoda figure or something, uh -huh, you know, like uh -huh, the, uh -huh. the karate teacher and the karate kid or something like that. Like you're somebody right. who has a perspective about this child over and above what their parents see. Right. And you can advocate for them with the parents and you can give them advice. You can give them life advice and, and they, they trust you as an adult, but you're you're less maybe feeling less like a family and more like an important person you yeah. can be the most of us grew up let's say with a best friend or a neighbor friend the next door friend that you would spend a lot of time at their house and their mom was like in a way like a second mom to you that she would keep you on the straight and narrow and break up your fights with her kid and put band-aids on your knee or whatever but she was, she was sending you home at the end of the day, right? So you trust her, she's nearby, you love her, you know, she's watching you grow up, you feel, you know, you feel close to somebody, you feel like they're a, a protection, a protective person for you, a safe person. So there are so many ways to be a beloved person in your yeah. stepchild's life, a beloved adult, you know, a hockey coach, a girl guide leader, or a boy scout troop leader, you know, there are people who you could spend a lot of time with and love and respect that aren't, that aren't the, the mom with the mom energy. So how do you, now how do you, I mean, as a, as a step mom who yeah. also has bio, biological mm -hmm. kids, right? How do you, how do you blend like rules and you know, let's say you have biological kids and in your house, you've raised your kids in a certain way with certain rules and this, that, and the other, right? And then, and then, you know, let's say you have limits on screen time or whatever it is. And yeah. then your, you know, new partner also has a child who has completely different rules, different set of rules with, with their mom. And then they're in your house. It's like, whose rules apply how do you have different rules for different kids? But if you're not, if you're not the, the parent, yeah. right, to this kid, yeah, like this is where shit gets, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, crazy and crazy, oh yeah. And I think also where strain enters into the the marital relationship, yeah. right? The, because it's like a shit show. What? Yeah. Well, I think there are 
there are two kind of situations. So one of them is where everybody really lives all the time under the same roof or most of the time. Right. And one is where, uh, let's say, it could happen that, you know, that as, as a mom, your kids are there all the time except for every other weekend. Yeah. And that your partner's kids are coming every other weekend. And so they're, they are more like guests, let's say, in your home. But it's really, really important that... Well, there's also 50-50. I mean, yeah, I know that there is. in my own family, we've got... I have 50% custody of my son. 50% yeah. of the time, he's at his dad's. His dad and his wife, uh, my ex and his wife have yeah. a child that they raise, you know, that they have yeah. full custody of. And she has... A son that she has fifty percent custody. Yeah, you <laughs> told me about this. There's just like a complete, oh my god. And but I have other, you know, I know you know clients and friends who have, you know, they've got fifty fifty of their kids and their yeah. ex has fifty fifty, and their kids are just rotating in and out of both houses. So I have to I have to say something here, which is so important. This situation is so brand new to humanity. This has never existed before in all of human history. Yeah. That there have been, okay, like the the stepmom of the fairy tales or the movies or whatever, is the lady who marries your dad when your mother passes away. Right. Right. There has never, ever before been a situation where half of all children are living between two homes, basically, that there, there are parental figures in in two homes, which by and large don't see eye to eye about about the rules. So this is like sociologically, I can't believe that there's not more conversation about this because it's it's incredible how widespread this is. My understanding is that 50% of all children under the age of 18 will have had an experience of, you know, living with a parent and the parent's partner. Yeah. And so, like, we're now in the second generation because some of the, you know, some of the adults that I work with had already this experience. Yeah. Like, they lived this as kids and now their kids are, are living the same. But there's not more than that. You know, your grandmother did not yeah. live in two homes, right? Right, right. So we're just learning how to readjust our way, our whole way of being in the world and finding what, what are the strategies that, that make this successful in the long term. And part of what I do is talk to adults about how it was for them and how, what they've taken away from that and how they're doing things the same or differently or whatever, you know, because I don't know, the proof is in the pudding, right? We have now millions of adults who lived this experience and who can tell us in their adult way, reflecting on uh-huh. how it was for them as kids. Yeah, uh, my my own stepkids are very articulate about you know how things were for them when they were younger, but the really the the secret answer is that each parent has to parent their own kids, and that of course they have to talk together to to try to understand each other's parenting style. I don't know if you can necessarily or even want to change your parenting style, but certainly everybody has something to learn. Right. about parenting. There's nobody, you know, we're mostly, we are mostly parenting by reflex. Either, no one knows what the fuck we're doing. Exactly. We're, we're either repeating the way we were raised or we're doing the, on purpose the opposite of how right. we were raised, right? Right. So it's important that, that the rules are coming from the, the biological parent. And kids also understand this because 
you go to Johnny's house and Johnny has different rules than the ones that you have at home and you're at the, on the playground or at school, it's very clear that all the kids don't have the same rules. So when you are the parent who is more, let's say a little bit more strict for lack of a better word, and the other kids get to stay up later or have more screen time or whatever the answer is, I'm your mom. I'm not their mom and I'm not their dad. They have a mom and a dad who make the rules for them. And I make the rules for you because I'm responsible for you and for your wellness. And is the response, you know, because there's, there's, you know, there's the, the impetus to be like, my house, my rules. So when you right. come to my house, when you're under my roof, you'll follow the rules that are in my house. Is that fair or confusing to a child? Should a child? I'll tell you what it is. It's the, it's the highway to the 62% divorce rate in second marriages with children. Is, there's a 62% yeah. divorce rate. So I like, if you're not making the long-term peace and happiness of your home, the priority, then you're like, you're bowling for the, you know, for the gutter. And I think that the, the problem, the other thing that people don't understand is that my house, my rules, it's going to go my way, but someday the kids are going to be old enough to flip you a giant finger and say, I'm so out of here. I never want to see you again. And they do. And they can. Right. And if, you're, if that's not what you were aiming for, then you've been pointing yourself a little bit in the wrong direction from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Kids do say, like, I never could stand that this lady was like totally on us all the time, telling me what to do. And I wasn't allowed to do this and that. And I wasn't at home in my own house. And who needs that? Like, my dad wasn't sticking up for me because some random person, as far as you're concerned, some random right. person is overriding your dad's rules and he's right. letting them do that. Right. And that's what's not fair. Right. Or your mom's rules, right? Even if, if you, you know, the dad may be more passive and it's the mom's rules in the mom's house and then they, right. I mean, it's, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've just seen every configuration of that, but I really, I get but, it. but I, but I appreciate that. I think that's really, really important. So, you know, if you want to say you can have the, my house, my rules conversation with your spouse and right. say like, this is not going to work for me if, if you are not going to put any boundaries around right. your kids. Like, right. This yes. is not going to be workable. You have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But, but then it's on him to hold some boundaries for right. his kids. It's not on you to do that in his place. Yes. And I mean, that brings up the whole like guilty parenting piece, which is another whole podcast in itself. But, but it's real, right? Like you, you, have, you actually do have guilty feelings about your part, whatever it is, in the breakup of the whole world of these children. Yeah. And you are not moving from house to house every week and right. leaving your stuff behind and having to stop what you're doing and your friends are having a party and you can't go like they don't, you know, the parents are not living that experience. The kids are in that pickle now because of your you know, the failure of your relationship and whether or not you did everything you could to save it or how hard you might have tried or that you, you know, you chose to have children with an unsuitable partner or that whatever it might be, you, you're carrying some conscious or unconscious guilty feelings. And you don't want to be feel harsh with your, mm-hmm. you know, with your kids in terms of rules. Yeah. But, but the thing that you have to know is that what they need from you is not to have like, 
I don't know, what they need from you is not the sunshine and unicorns part of like, let's play catch in the backyard and we'll go for an ice cream cone and then we'll read story. I mean, all of that is wonderful, but what they really need from you is the, the, the boundaries the structure. Mm -hmm. That's what gives them the security because for children, all of their security in the world is wrapped up in their parents. Children are not capable of taking care of themselves quite literally until they're at least whatever, I mean, 15, 16 at the youngest end. And if you can't make them feel that you're holding them in a container that protects them from themselves, you know, from their own impulses, from exaggerating things that aren't good for them in the same way that you keep them from running across the road. The, the teenage equivalent of not letting your kids run across the road is not letting them spend 24 hours a day in front of the screen, whatever they want to be doing, you know, or, or like eating the whole box of cookies for dinner, whatever it might be in, in your house. Yeah. Like right. they're going to test a parent about that and they're not going to stop testing until they find the, the walls. Yep. So as a parent, you, you have to think like, I want to have this nice experience every other week with them or whatever it might be. But you also have to think about what they need actually from you and how, what's the best way for you to provide that instead of saying what, you know, what I want to be is a buddy. Yeah. And you know, that's what feels good to me, but there's no, every situation needs a kind of good cop, bad cop. And you can't say, I I've decided I'm going to be the good cop and the, the parent in the other household will have to be the bad cop because I'm going to take up all the good cop. And it doesn't work that way. No, no. You have to share it. And I don't know that, I mean, I don't know that, that people do that consciously, right? No, but that might indeed. End up being, right? That might end up being the way that, that it sort of plays out. Well, I, re- I remember how, how hard it was for my husband to ever have to do any kind of discipline or reprimanding or anything like that. You know, his, his kids would be here for such a short time. I can, yeah. you know, he, he just didn't, he didn't want to have to do that. And there's also this idea of take me back to mom's. I'm not staying here. Uh-huh. Right. Gonna, there's right. that kind of pushback. And then right. it, it just provides an opportunity for the, for the divorced parents to have more, more conflict instead of, you know, obviously that they should be still supporting each other. And that's, that's so hard. It's hard. It is. It is. All right. Let's, I'll just sort of switch gears for a minute. So let's, so how does one, you're divorced, you're both dating, all of a sudden there's a new woman in Mm. his life or, you know, your ex's life. Mm -hmm. And she's sort of coming in as a stepmom potentially or, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or definitely, how do you, as the bio mom, prepare for that? Are you supposed to? This is a question I get a lot in my in my group and my clients. Like, should I like call her and like have coffee? Like, or or I get women being like, she's not my kid's mom. Like, you know, a woman will come in and and I think trying to find her place and she'll like buy presents for the kids yeah. for their birthday, right? And then yeah. the bio mom gets really fucking pissed because they feel like their territory just got pissed on. Yeah. Right. And you know, my response is always like the more people to love your kids, the better, right? This is a woman who's coming in. I don't think she knows what her place is. And she's just, she's being lovely. Like if that's what she's doing, like 
yay, yeah. <laughs> right? But so how do we as the bio mom, how, how do bio moms sort of prepare themselves and sort of like deal with this from an emotional standpoint, logistical standpoint, communication standpoint, like what's our, what's our job? Well, first of all, I would say that this exact moment is such a, such an important growth node for mm -hmm. a woman in her personal growth. Mm -hmm. And again, this is, if we're talking about something that's new, a new situation to the human race, to share your children with another mm -hmm. woman, imagine how primal that is. Imagine what it's like for a, they, I mean, there was something in the paper recently about somebody got killed by a grizzly bear who unwittingly got between the mama and her cubs, right? Like, right. So this is going to activate in you some incredibly primal, irrational, protective stuff around your kids. Like stay the fuck away from my children, you know? Yep. Like that's what it's going to look like. So some of it is about like ex-wife anger about that gets all kind of inflamed that your asshole partner is now get, getting another woman that is going to inflame your, you know, your negative feelings likely about that person, some of it is going to activate the bio mom insecurity that every mother feels the secret right. insecurity yes. of every mother that Woo. someone else could potentially do this better than me. And holy shit, like other people are going to see this woman being a better mother than me. Like, like that's just the worst. And I tell this to my clients all the time, like these poor insecure stepmoms don't understand that the bio mom on the other side is just as much, if not more, insecure. Oh, absolutely. I remember when my, my ex's first sort of long-term relationship out after our marriage and my son came home and he was like, Sarah made me a treasure hunt and it was treasure map and I had to find presents. And it was like this whole big elaborate. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> like I've, I've never, never done, done anything like that. And they wouldn't even occur to me. And she's, she's like, and it was, it was totally, and then I was finally like, how, how wonderful that my son gets that. But my first instinct was like, oh my God, I'm the worst mom ever. Yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't and a mom, you know, she was, she was just a, she's just a really creative, cool chick. Exactly. Know? Exactly. So you have to at least recognize in yourself that this is, this is a place of growth for you mm -hmm. to be able to say, you know, not about I, I can do this. This is not about me. And of course, like, I mean, I work with all kinds of actual techniques, like, you know, a brain gym stuff and, and tapping stuff, you know, uh -huh. if people aren't familiar with those things, like, yeah, you know, get to know that with meditation, with gratitude journaling, like we work a lot on your, on your yeah, personal emotional needs, because this is something that you have to clear this inside yourself. What yes. could be better than that your child has now a nice, creative, generous stepmom? You definitely don't want them to have a bitchy, hard to get along with. Like that would be right. awful, right? Exactly, right. She, she's, by the way, they're probably going to get a stepmom. Like that's just, you know, statistically speaking, that's statistically probably- Statistically speaking, so that, that's it, right? <laughs> so you have to do all this, this kind of self-care stuff on yourself yeah. And know that like I'm having a really hard time with this. And I understand that objectively speaking, it's a positive thing for my children to have a loving, supportive, additional adult in their life. 
And if they came home telling me that at school, they did this amazing thing and they went on a treasure hunt and it was so much fun, you'd go, wow, great teacher, eh? Right. Uh, you know? <laughs> right. So exactly. you, you have to know that your children, like love is not a finite thing. It's not, there's not a bucket of love and that if somebody else gets some, that there's less for you. Your children have a big heart and there is zero chance that they're ever going to love this woman more or want to switch moms or, or yes. something like it doesn't yes. ever, ever, ever happen like that. And yes, you can maybe even learn something from her that you didn't know. Like you mm -hmm. said, wow, what a cool idea. And over time, you're going to see her doing things and you're going to say to your kid, should we do that at home? Like, and I hear all the time the stepmom saying, oh, you know, I we did this cool thing. And now suddenly mom started doing that. And I say, bravo. Like, What's the problem? You taught her something. It's, it's fantastic. Like the, the you know, kids liked not, it. She listened to them. Like exactly. Yeah, like let her learn something that she didn't know. That's that's perfect. That's terrific. But there's it's important to understand that oh, I studied something called family constellation therapy, which is so profoundly interesting. I can't even tell you. Oh, um the yeah, me too. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, you know, so from Bert Hellinger. So this is about what what they call the orders of love, the idea that we have deeply ingrained loyalty to our ancestors, be they recent ones like your parents or remote ones like your great, great uncle or who you never met, right? Right. That we have energetic ties and loyalties mm -hmm. and that mom and dad are connected with the idea of unconditional love and acceptance and it's forever. And, mom and dad are the ones who we spend our whole lives seeking the approval of. Mm. And every therapist in the whole world will tell you that all of their clients are working on that. Right. 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 And Absolutely. nobody goes to a therapist to say, I never felt good enough for my third grade teacher. <laughs> right. Or my you know? stepmom. I, I never felt good enough for my little league coach. Right. Like, no, it's only, only ever about your mother and your father. Yep. So you have to know with certainty that all that your child is interested in is feeling loved by you, yes. feeling, feeling safe, feeling loved and feeling seen. Yeah. And they are not ever going to transfer that need to another person. Not ever. Yeah. Right. And what I say to the stepmoms is that at this child, there are a lot of cases where there's a dramatically bad parent in the other household, whether it's a, a mother or a father. Uh -huh. And the kids are, are clinging in a way to a, you know, a good representation of mother, who is the mm -hmm. stepmom, who right. is the, the loving, supporting person and not the, you know, the crazy, ranting, violent, abusive one that they see every other weekend, you know, right. or, yeah. or less. And still, my answer is, they don't really want you to be their mom. They want their mom to be a better mom. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, we have that situation in our family and it's so tragic Yeah. because you want that, right? I mean, I know that I want that for this child. I want him yeah. to transfer that need and desire to his stepmom because she's safe and loving and she is like right there for him. Yeah. But instead he's, you know, he's got it for his bio mom who's not. Yeah. And it's really, it's, that's where that can kind of turn around to be unfortunate. <laughs> of course, of course. But it's so important that we remember 
that what happens to kids when they, how shall I say, when they sort of fall over the edge into actually loving mm. the step parent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for a split second, secretly wishing that you were their mother yeah. or their father. Mm -hmm. There's an inner mechanism because of these orders of love. There's yeah. an inner mechanism that yanks them away from that and makes them feel incredibly guilty. Like that is a, that is a line that we don't allow ourselves to cross. And when you do, you feel guilty and you want to punish yourself for that. And that's where kids start acting out. And I hear right. this all the time. Everything was going great. We've had such a great relationship. We were having such a nice day. Everyone was playing and all of a sudden something snapped and he started to be really mean to me. And he, and he was throwing food at me and calling me bad names. And, I, you know, and then he was crying and then he had a tantrum. And what, I can tell you exactly what happened. This exact kind of moment where a child says, Whew, wouldn't it be nice if this was my family all the time and you were my mom? Yeah. And then it's like a, the you know, right. a yes. slap upside the head and yeah. they, they have to punish themselves. And they punish themselves by acting out so that one of the adults will punish them. And sometimes they even do this in mom's house because what they, you know, what they want most of all is to know that their mother loves them. And so the best way to punish them is to behave in a way that causes your mother to be angry and reject you. That's the punishment. Mm. And so you can say like, you know, you cannot win by encouraging or by discouraging your child from, from you know, loving the other parent. You want them to know that, they, that it's okay with you, that there's enough room in your heart to love all the people who are nice to you and that they don't have to restrict themselves to this idea that you, you can say, I know that you love me all the time, even when yeah. you're not here. And it's okay that, that you love Nancy or Susie or Janie or whatever the stepmom's name is. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. okay to love her too. She's really nice to you. She's right. a wonderful person. And I know that your heart is big enough to love everybody. Mm -hmm. You don't have to feel bad about that that's the way to open them up and allow them to kind of breathe easy. But otherwise, kids are going to, at some point, have this conflict inside themselves. Mm -hmm. Loyalty is not about, you know, which house do I like to be at more or who do I believe, who's, which parent is telling me the truth or whose rules should I follow. That's not loyalty. That's, that's conditioning. That's unconscious manipulation. That's a, a kind of subtle emotional blackmail being being played out onto the kids. Yeah. Loyalty is, is generated by the child deep mm. inside mm. Yes. Uh, on a very unconscious level. And that's, it's really hard to, it's hard to fix because the behaviors are so unaccountable, like that the, the child is really looking to be a bad child because that's a, that's a better cover than being a, a child who would betray the loyalty to their parent. It's so, that is so deeply complex and it it's, I mean, it's so like, as you're talking, it's, it's just resonating so much to the situation that we have in my extended family. Yeah. And it's so, yeah. it's, you know, it's so tragic, so tragic and so difficult. And, you know, when you're the only sort of safe parental, you know, home or unit, yeah. you know, you, you can do as much as you can do, but it's so yeah. hard to offset. The well, really, really what the, you know, what the child needs most of 
is therapy, <laughs> a lot of therapy, the, yeah, a lot of therapy, but they, they need to fill up their container with, I, I'm going to say dad in this case. I mean, it, uh -huh. of course it could be mom, but they need the biological parent in the new partnership yeah. to be fully present and for them to get all of their needs met by that parent. Yes. Because whatever you're filling up as a step parent is like kind of secondary. It's the icing on the cake. And if there's no cake, there's not really a, uh, the, the icing can't have the value that yeah. you're looking for. And the, you know, the need is so bottomless that I know it's, it can be really exhausting where you have, a, you know, a child who's really suffering from yeah. a, a toxic parent. Yeah. And what's even, I think, harder in this, in these situations is that often the safe, the quote, safe parent is the one that does get um, the brunt of yeah. the pushback and, yeah. the, and the acting out, right? So it's yeah. even harder for that parent to be able to be that container. Yeah. Right? I, I would say it's getting pushed and kicked and screamed at the most. Exactly. And it's really important for a parent in that kind of situation to learn the like emerging parenting skills that are related to it, like it's very counterintuitive in terms of our reflex to punish bad behavior, but you really right. have to learn how kids heal them, their themselves from these difficult emotions. And that is with a lot of, um, I, I would just say tantruming for lack of a better word and how, you know, how hard that is as a parent to handle, but there's a way to, to manage that so that it fulfills its purpose. And it's not an endless hamster wheel of, of tantruming that doesn't ever go anywhere. There's a organization, I, I surely they didn't invent this, but I know that they have lots of um, support and videos and courses for parents called handinhandparenting.org. Okay. And yeah, Patty Whipfler, who's the founder of that organization, uh, she's been doing this work for like 40 years she's amazing. And she's sort of encapsulated the whole theory in a book called Listen. It's just called Listen mm -hmm. by Patty Whipfler. But that is really a beautiful combination of techniques that together form a strategy yeah. to, you know, to, to really use nature's way. You know, children are doing their healing. They're very intuitive. At, like they, they know what they need. And in the same way that you or I might like cry at a sappy commercial. Yeah. And you know, there was something that needed to come out. It's not the uh -huh. fluffy yes, bunnies that are making you cry, right? You're, you're hooking your, your emotions onto something that with an outlet. And likewise, these kids are hooking their, their big emotions onto something really small and insignificant, like not being able to have a second ice cream cone or whatever stupid mm -hmm. thing it might be, but that it, provokes a big drama with a lot of tears and this is a very cleansing thing so it's important to then to receive that in a, a precise way so that it does its job and not that it it was just meaningless it's another half an hour of crying that you you know couldn't stand and it's going to go again and again it can be really a cleansing kind of thing so it, it's important for parents who are being put upon with so much difficult behavior from these kids who are really needy that they kind of up level their parenting skills 
This is all so important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is because, you know, on the one hand, we're like, oh, blending and co-parenting and step parenting and all of that. And it sounds sort of on the surface of it, like something that we do every day, even though it's brand new, right? Yeah. But when you get down into the nitty gritty of it and into like how it's actually, how it actually happens and what's actually the, the, the layers and the ripples and all of yeah. that. It's just so deeply complex. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, most women will tell you it's the certainly the hardest thing that they've ever done. Yeah. Not to say that parenting is easy by itself, but this is just so many more kinds of complex. Yeah. And, you know, for many women, like my son's stepmother, right? I told you, like, I have so much empathy for her because she's a, she's a biological mom. Yeah to her own son that she, you know, she's, yeah. she's the stepmom to a kid that she has full custody of with my son, with my oh. ex. And then she has, and she's a stepmom to my son. Right. So like she's playing three different roles. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a cluster. I mean, <laughs> I you know, she's, she's she's like a stepmom to my kid, right. Where she's yeah. not actually his, you know, she's not responsible yeah. for him in any way. She's then she's a stepmom to another kid that she is more responsible yeah. for, and then she's bio mom. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it is, and, and I, I mean, full kudos to her for, yeah, whatever you know, for taking that on. And I, I don't know what to say about how someone, the meaning of how someone could attract such a complicated situation in their life. But you know, they lucky. That, uh, <laughs> well, it's, she seems yeah. to be doing a great job, and yeah, you know, lucky I mean, kids who. Who yeah. have such a person in That's, their life to, to take care of them? Yeah, I mean, truly, truly, they're all very lucky. She's a wonderful. She's wonderful in all of her roles. I just don't know how she keeps her sanity and and doing. <laughs> yeah, me. Well, me too. It's hard work, and uh, you know, she whatever she's got the right constitution for it, and maybe she's like making a priority of caring for herself to in order to be able to be there for all those people. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's, I, I'm not going to speak for her, but I think it's definitely been a journey for her because mm -hmm. it's a lot, but she's, but she's doing, and she's from, from my perspective, I'm grateful for her. Yeah. Grateful that's for her. wonderful. So, I mean, I feel like we could, you know, there's so much more we could cover, but yeah. um, in the interest of time, where can people find you and, and learn more about your work and, and all of that? They can, do those things at my website, which is essentialstepmom.com. Mm, there you go. And there is actually right on the main page of my website, mm -hmm. there is a free download available. I think it's called Easy Ways to Level Up as a Stepmom. Okay. And it's full of just little tiny practical tips, little micro steps that can make all the difference to, you know, finding your place, to getting the right vibe in your family to not overstepping they, little, little wee things, but I think they, you know, it's the little things that matter. So they're welcome to download that. Essentialstepmom.com. That's it. All right. And that, all, the, all the links will be in the show notes for everybody. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and lending your wisdom. It's, thank you. This has been a delightful conversation. It's great yeah, talking with I you. I really appreciate your, your depth uh, of um, understanding and, and, of the complexity. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. 
I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.